Amen. All right, here in Matthew chapter number 7, I want to draw your attention to verse number 13. We're going to begin reading in verse number 13. The Bible says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way <clears throat> that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So we have a world today that is in the pursuit of truth. And oftentimes you'll find yourself in arguments or in debates or in just whatever type of discussion that it may be. And how many times it, within this debate do you, the person you're speaking with, do you notice that they appeal to the majority opinion as a form of argumentation or as a method of argumentation to support that they are correct. How many times has that happened to you? All the time, right? Constantly, right? Where they're just like, hey, this is what the majority believe. That's basically what they're saying. Or, hey, I'm right because I agree with everyone else, right? This happens constantly. It's, it almost occurs in just about every single debate or argument that you get in when we're trying to discuss what is right and what is wrong? Even in the case of when someone is doing something that is sinful or is committing some sort of wrong act, what will they do to try to justify what they're doing? They'll say the cliche statement, everyone's doing it, right? Hey, but it's what everyone's doing, right? This is what the majority are doing. This is how everyone is living their life. And you know, it is human nature to appeal to the majority. It is. It is, it is deep-seated just within human nature. I'm sure everybody in here has done it. And, and, and I'll say this. In very few cases, it is applicable. Very few cases. But not in most cases. The title of the sermon this morning is The Majority is Wrong the Majority of the Time. The Majority is Wrong the Majority of the Time. Now that right there is completely contrary to the philosophy of the Bible. Compl I'm sorry, to the philosophy of the world. The philosophy of the world. The philosophy of the world teaches that the majority is right. And we just need to go with the majority, the majority of the time. Whereas the Bible teaches that the majority is wrong the majority of the time. Look here again at Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 13. I want to start off with a very foundational uh, uh, um, truth here. And that is... Just with salvation, just thinking and looking at salvation and how many people are going to be saved. Look at Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 13. The Bible says this again. Enter ye in at the straight gate. So notice straight there how it's spelled. S-T-R-A-I-T. It's not straight as in a line straight, right? It means narrow. It's defined for us here as well. Look again. Enter ye in at the straight gate. And then it's contrasted. It says this. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And then he goes forward and says this, and many there be which go in thereat. So this is the Lord Jesus Christ teaching, and he says, enter ye in at the straight gate, saying the narrow gate. And then he goes on to explain, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And then he says, and many there be which go in thereat. Look at verse 14. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And then he says this, and few there be that find it. Oftentimes when you're speaking to people in the world that are not saved, that are not sure, they're just totally questioning everything about what religion they even believe in, they'll, if you tell them what you believe, and if you were to be very specific and explain it, and even explain to the point of, hey, this is not what the majority of Christians even believe, is it? Our doctrine on salvation, is that what the majority of Christians believe when we go knocking doors? Not even close. 
But if you were to explain that to a person that's not saved, you were to explain that to a person that is not a Bible believer at all, they don't, you know, they don't know anything about the Bible, they're just, they're just seeking truth, they're in the pursuit of truth, right? You were to say, hey, probably 2% of the population believes what I believe. What do you think they would say? They would actually use that with their philosophy, their presupposition would say, hey, well, then you're probably not right. You know, doesn't that worry you that only 2% or only 5% of the people in the world believe what you believe? Doesn't that worry you? Isn't that the mindset of the world in many cases? Let's say, if only 1% of people believe what you believe, you're probably wrong. That's, that is literally the exact opposite philosophy of the Bible. So sometimes we as Christians can allow the world's philosophy to influence us. Sometimes we as Bible believers living in the world and being every day inundated with just the world's thinking and the world's philosophy, we can allow that to seep into our thinking. But the Bible actually teaches, Jesus actually taught that few would be saved. He didn't say, he, he, you know, it's very clear when he's teaching this, he's not saying it's going to be like 49-51, right? He's saying he contrasts one side with being, hey, wide, right? He, say, he says that it's wide, and what is the other? Broad. That's the other word that he uses. He says wide and broad. And then he, on the other way, he says straight and narrow. And he says few. He's not saying 49-51. He's saying few, like, like 5%, like probably less than 10% if we're going to try to put a statistic on it. Few will be saved. The Bible actually teaches, when it comes to salvation, people that are even saved, people that are even the children of God, that very few people will go to heaven. That's the philosophy of the Bible. That's entirely, entirely contradictory to the philosophy of the world. It's two totally different ways of thinking. The Bible teaches that the majority of people are wrong the majority of the time. I want you to turn with me to Exodus chapter number 23, verse number 2. Exodus chapter number 23, verse number 2. <clears throat> Exodus chapter number 23, verse number 2. So we need to be careful not to allow the world's philosophy to creep into our minds, to creep into our families, the way that we look at things. This morning's sermon is going to be a perfect sermon for children in a big way. You know, it's going to be a perfect sermon for children because... The world is, is seeking to capture the minds of your children. Specifically, what, and, and that's why I say the minds. Specifically, what they want to do is they want your children to think the way that they want them to think. They want to teach your children how to think. And that's what a philosophy is. Philosophy is your worldview. Your philosophy is when you receive information, how you interpret it. How you look at the world and what you think about the information that you are receiving or bringing in, how you interpret that information, right? It's it, what it is in a very simple sense. It's your worldview. It's the way that you view the world and the things that you see and the way that you interpret it, right? Well, the world has an entirely different philosophy. The world has a totally different way of thinking. And they want to influence our children's way of thinking. And children are very malleable. They're very pliable. They, they, you know, they, they, they go along with just about whatever. And, and they're, they're very influential. And they look up to adults. They're, they're easily influenced and they're easily, you know, they're very flexible. That's what like pliable means, right? You can form them and shape them into almost anything. That's what they're doing right now is they're learning things constantly. And the world knows that. And the world wants to teach them their type of 
thinking, their way of thinking and their philosophy. Now I want to give you a couple examples. You're there in Exodus chapter number 23 verse number 2, but I want to give you a couple examples just throughout the Bible of the majority being wrong the majority of the time. I'll give you one perfect example. Think about the, the days of Noah. The days of Noah. What took place? What is Noah you know, so well known for? Of course, the flood. And what happened at the flood? The whole world was destroyed, but eight people. There was only eight people. You're telling me that only a few people would be saved? There was eight people that were left. Now, of course, there could have been other people, and I'm sure there was many, many other people that were spiritually saved. Actually, Second Peter, uh, I'm sorry, First Peter four and three both teach that other people were spiritually saved. But as far as who God wanted to save and make His uh, physically save and make His promise with, He took Noah and his family and put them on the ark, and He destroyed the rest of the world because of their wickedness. Right? Few were saved. The majority is wrong the majority of the time. Because we have this, this innate you know, uh, or natural tendency of just wanting to, of, of, of wanting to go along with the majority, the reason why that is is because of influence from other people. It's because of you know, the, the, the desire to be liked or the desire for favoritism or the desire of people who use the word like popularity, right? And we are born this way as children, we grow up this way, and you can see your kids are constantly doing what with other kids? They're trying to be liked. They're trying to be accepted, right? They just desire to be accepted. They want to be accepted by everyone else. So they, they all, we already have these natural tendencies or this, this natural you know, type of, of, uh, of, of, of lust or desires, if you will. And while children are younger and at this stage, what they're trying to do is they're just by all the children, especially, they're just trying to be accepted. They just want to be accepted. So it's so easy for them to do what? Just to go along with the majority. Because if you are the minority, if you are not like everyone else, what's going to happen? You may not be accepted. You might not be liked. Well, here's the thing. The Bible teaches as far as Christians that we are supposed to be different than the world. So when we're raising our children and teaching our children, we should not be like the world. We should not in many different ways. We should not be looking around and desiring to be what the world is like and think like the world and do the things that the world does, go the places that the world goes. So this is a perfect sermon for children to prepare them for life, understanding that, hey, we don't want to be like the majority. We don't think like the majority. We don't act like the majority. We don't dress like the majority. We're not just trying to go along with the majority, right? We're Christians. We're following Christ. And Christ is not like the majority. Christ is not like, everyone in this world is not following Christ, not being like Christ, right? Uh, I'll give you another example of where this took place. Look at just Sodom and Gomorrah. How many people were saved there? You, know, you have Lot speaking, and, 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 and or I'm sorry, Abraham speaking with God, and he's like, hey, what if 50, 50 people? He's like, nope, not even 50. What about 45? What about 40? What about 25? And then he gets down to what? 10. He's like, I'll save it for 10's sake. What's he end up doing? Destroys the whole place. Destroys the entire nation. Well, and then brings out who? Lot and just a couple of people. That's how the world is. This is how the world is. The majority is wrong the majority of the time in all areas of life. I want you to look there in Exodus chapter number 23, verse number 2. Exodus chapter number 23, verse number 2. Notice this warning. It says this, <clears throat> Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. 
Neither shalt thou speak in a, cause, in a cause to decline after many to rest judgment. So notice that first phrase there, the first clause of that particular verse. It says this, Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. So what's the warning here? The warning, obviously, because this is applicable, this happens all the time. The warning is, hey, when the majority are doing something that is evil or the majority are doing something that is wrong, don't follow them. What's the phrase? Following the crowd, right? And that's what parents will teach children all the time. Hey, don't follow the crowd. Don't just do what everybody else is doing. That's biblical. That's biblical. Now, if the majority is doing what's right, then you should do that. But how often does the majority do what's right? How common is it that the majority are, are living a righteous life, doing the right things, following the Bible? It's almost never. So that's why he gives the warning. He says, Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil, right? So you shouldn't follow the majority when they're doing what's wrong. Now, you could basically just take that, and you can look throughout the entire Bible, you could basically just take that phrase, the, the first part of that phrase, and apply it to the whole Bible and see that this is true. You, really, in almost every case, you shouldn't follow the multitude because the multitude is normally doing what's wrong or what's evil. Start off with the nation of Israel. Let's look at the nation even that was set apart for God's purposes, God's will. They're given the tabernacle, they're given the word of God, they have the commandments, right? You know, God is there dwelling with them, he's intervening, he's sending the prophets, he's bringing them all these different messages, right? And what happens with them from the very beginning? They're disobedient even when they're in Egypt. They're in the land of Egypt, they're disobedient to God. They get brought out to the wilderness and what takes place? What's the majority doing? Following God, serving God, has the right heart? No. No. What happens then next step with the spies? There's 12 of them. They're sent forth. How many of the spies did that which was right? Two out of 12. Then those 12 spies come back and there's 10 that are speaking to the multitude and then two speaking to the multitude. And what, which side do they fall on? The 10. The 10. Why? Now let me, let me put this into your mind. What if, uh, what if 10 would have came back and brought back a good report? What would the multitude have done? They would have went with the ten. Why? Because there is an innate desire within us to go with the majority. Where people just want to go with the majority. Do you know why? Because it's easier. That's why. Because it feels like the safer bet. That's why. Because it's, it doesn't put you in a place where you're uncomfortable. That's really what it comes down to. When you have to go against the majority, it makes you uncomfortable. It does. It makes people uncomfortable. And most people, this is what it comes down to, are not brave enough or courageous enough to stand up against the majority. So if the, if, if the majority of the spies would have came back and gave a good report, you know what would have happened? The multitude would have went with the majority of the spies. But Caleb and Joshua, thank God, were still able to stand up and do that which was right. Okay, so move forward with the nation of Israel. How's the nation as a whole throughout the times of the judges, the 400 years of the judges? They're wicked, aren't they? They're good for a short period of time and then they fall away. Over and over and over and over again. Bring it all the way up until the time of Christ. So you can assess or, or examine the entire history of the nation of Israel up to the time of Christ. Did the majority love Christ? Did the majority accept Christ? No. Very few people 
accepted and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you know, in the vast number of things, of course, we could say the you know a lot, of, not the majority, but a lot of people believed on him. The majority rejected Christ. A lot of people in general, thousands of people believed on him. But the, the, when we look at the entirety of the population of the nation of Israel, the majority of the nation of Israel rejected Christ. Right? You know what's interesting about the nation of Israel when Christ came, right? They loved, of course, you know, uh, that he's feeding them, all of the good things. He's healing people. Of course, anyone's going to be happy with that, right? And when he comes in, you know, uh, riding on the ass, what do they do then? The triumphal entry, which is, the, which is Palm Sunday. What does the majority do then? Just shows you how, how weak the people are, really. How weak that they are. What are they doing? Are they, are they trying to crucify him? No, everyone's shouting Hosanna and all these things. That's, that was the majority's reaction. Why, you know why? Because you know, most people will just go with the majority. So if, if everyone else is publishing good things, you know what the majority are going to do? They're just going to go with the good things. I'm just going to agree with the majority's opinion. But then, when things flipped, you know, the Pharisees, of course, are coercing the people into rejecting Christ. And what happened? The majority then, just days later, are, are screaming, crucify him. Just great, you know, huge masses and throngs of people are saying, crucify him, crucify him. Obviously, these weren't people that, that, that had trusted in him. These were, you know, just the masses of people, the majority. See how quick they flip just one day after another? That's how the majority is. That's how the world is. That's why you're told. And if they would have read, you know, Exodus 23, 12, maybe the day of, and thought and tried to put this into practice, then they would have, they would have seen, thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. Imagine how far that that can go. Just because people don't want to be uncomfortable and stand up against the majority, literally, people stood there and agreed with crucifying the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. The Lord from heaven came down, was born on this earth, and because they just wanted to go along with the majority, many people were just shouting. They heard other people shouting, so they shouted as well, crucify him. Just to go, just to go along with the majority. So the Bible warns us, thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. The majority is wrong the majority of the time. So if you just go with, let me say this in, still within the introduction, if you just go with majority opinion, if you just go with the world and act like the world, you're going to be wrong the majority of the time. It's almost always you know, the case. There are slight exceptions, but the majority is wrong the majority of the time. I want you to turn in your Bibles now to 1 John chapter number 5, verse number 19. 1 John chapter number 5, verse number 19. That really shows you the power of the majority. When you see all the people shouting and being on the, you know, uh, uh, the side of, of rooting for Christ and Hosanna and all of this, and then two, three days later, the whole entire group is, saying, is screaming, crucify him. The same exact people. Crucify him, crucify him. So you can see the powerful influence of the masses upon you know, other people, right? I want you to look with me at 1 John chapter number 5, verse number 19. 1 John chapter number 5, verse number 19. <clears throat> the Bible says in 1 John chapter number 5, verse number 19, this is John, right? We'll read verse 18 and 19. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth 
him not. Look at verse number 19. Notice what John says. And we know that we are of God. And then he says this, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. So notice the statement that John makes. Now most people look at this and say, man, that is super arrogant. That is super proud, right? John makes the statement, does it look like he subscribes to the majority rules? That's another type of way that people will say this, the majority rules, right? Saying they're right most of the time. Does it look like that that's what John, he looks around at the world, is that what John believes? No, he said, we know that we are of God. And he says this, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Does just reading this verse alone, does it sound like we should just go with majority opinion? No. Why? Because the, that's a strong statement. The whole world lieth in wickedness. Does that sound like you should be trying to be like the world? Does that sound like you should be trying to think like the world? Does that sound like you should be going to the philosophers of this world? No, of course not. Why? Because he says the whole world, the entire world lies in wickedness. Now, nothing has changed. Everything that, that John saw and looked around, and when he looked at the world, all of the wicked sins and the way that they lived their life was exactly the same then as it is now. Just like what Jesus said, few will be saved, right? Few people are going to enter in at the straight and narrow gate, right? So this, we see the importance of Christians not just going along with the world, the world's way of thinking, the world's way of acting, the world's way of dressing, the world's way of just living in general, not living like the world. We should be different than the world. We know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And you look around at the world today and how true is that? You know what the world, you know what abounds in the world today? Drunkenness. And the, see, kids look around and they see all these things because obviously everyone is trying to be manipulated, but kid, children are more pliable than anyone else. They're more malleable than anyone else. So there's all of these different ads. There's all of these different things. You're, you know, they'll drive by bars or things like that. And what do they try to do? They have their own ways of trying to just lure children in, of trying to just lure people in in general to try to make them think, hey, this is fun. You know when kids get older, especially when they're put in situations of going to public schools and things like that, normally, almost, it's, it's not just normally, it's like 99.9% .9 of the time, if every person in here were to be honest, when you first did, committed some sort of sin the first time, why did you do it? So this maybe will help it, you know, get down into your brains on how important this is. What was the reason why you did one of the bad things you did in high school? You know why? I'll tell you why. Because everyone was doing it. That's why. The reason why you maybe, and I'm not going to start naming sins and have people raise their hand, but if you ever drank alcohol, the reason why you did it was because everyone else was doing it. If you ever smoked cigarettes, if you ever used bad language, if you ever went to a bad place, do you know the reason why you did it? Because all your friends were doing it. Because everybody else was doing it and then they started influencing you to do it. Why did God give the commandment, thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil? Do you know why? Because he knows deep within mankind that you have this strong desire to just be like everyone else. When the Bible teaches, hey, the majority is wrong, I don't want you to be like everyone else. I don't want you to think like everyone else. I don't want you to be like the majority. So you can even testify, if you were to be honest, the reason why you committed or started committing sins, whatever particular sins that these were in your life, you know why? 
Because other people were doing it. That's the reason why. Shows the importance of protecting our children. You know, and what they do is, you know, the world tries to, sh- tries to, 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 to influence them by, hey, everybody's doing this. Look at all these cool people, right? Look at, you know, how all these people are living their lives. And they, they, they'll put ads on the television and things like that. And they try to make it look like it's just a great time. The whole world lies in wickedness. It's not a great time. It's not a good, they're not having a good time. You know, and the way that they, this is how that they influence the majority is they have the people in Hollywood and the people on TV do it. And they put that out there through, through manipulation. And of course, they're, they're, what they desire to do is to get the children. They want to get the next generation. You know, psychologically, this is always how they go is to the next generation. That's why they, you, you look at all these transvestites. Where are they taking all these transvestites? Are they taking them into your workplace? You know, you didn't walk into your office, you know, and they have their, their, you know, all these transvestites are in there for some event. Where do they do? They take them to the library where the kids are because they, they want to get the children now. So by the time they're your age, then you already accept it. They would accept it at that age, right? So they try to, you know, manipulate the children because it's easier to do so because children just go along with what the majority do. That's why the Lord warns, thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. You look around, what are the multitude doing today? They're doing evil. That's what they're doing. And they, 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 they get this into our brains by saying, hey, everyone's doing it. Look at the, you know, Hollywood. Look at you know, the TV. Look at you know, how everyone's living their life. This is what everyone's doing. This is how everyone's dressing. And then before you know it, everyone is dressing that way. Everyone is living that way. Everyone is living in drunkenness. And it's, it's 100% true. The whole world lies in wickedness. The entire world today lies in wickedness. Fornication abounds today. Drunkenness abounds today. Adultery abounds today. Covetousness abounds today. Envy Envying one another abounds today. These things abound today. Do you know why? One of the reasons why they abound in regular society is really, and this is the truth, because they abound in places like Hollywood and in places that are always on the television that are, you're just con- people are constantly seeing and being influenced. Why? You, you, know, you want to know the, you know the way of thinking that, that the majority have today? Just look at the TV. Just look at the television. That's how everyone acts. That's how the majority of people will live their lives. It really is. Look at, I want you to think of like new fads even. Like, you know, fashion wise. All they have to do is put it on Hollywood, have some celebrity dress in some way and then everybody's doing it before you know it. You know, because people just want to follow the majority. They want, to, they want, they desire to be accepted. And they, they obviously manipulate through the television by, by making it look, you know, uh, um, desirable. Hey, you'll be cool, man, if you, if you dress this way, if you act this way, if you look this way, right? They try to, you know, put it on the television to make everyone, you know, think that that's what everybody's doing. And then before you know it, that is what everybody's doing. The, you know, drunkenness, fornication, you know, all of that. And they try, to, <clears throat> they try to have like the celebrities, right? People that, that people look up to. Those type of people, people think those kind of people, you know, they try to convince our children that they're cool. Celebrity, these people that live in Hollywood are a bunch of stinking losers. Amen. You've heard me that phrase before, right? They're a bunch of stinking lo- They are. They're the biggest losers of anyone on this planet. That's why they're, they're in and out of rehab all the time. 
There you hear on every other year you have one of these guys blowing their brains out. And they're trying to tell you, hey, look at how cool they are. Look at how happy they are. You should try to be like them. They're all like their fourth wife. Half of the guys in Hollywood are a bunch of faggots. They're a bunch of queers. They're effeminate. They're weirdos. They're freaks. Anytime I've ever had anybody speak to me about it, they met some celebrity, they always talk about how eccentric and freaky and weird they are. You know why? Because they're drugged out of their mind. They live that lifestyle. of A lot of them are stinking pedophiles. These pedophile rings that go on, you know, not only in Hollywood, but apparently the government as well, like we didn't know that. That's the lifestyle that these people live. And what they do is they try to manipulate you into thinking, be like them, because the majority are like them. Whatever Hollywood and TV is doing, and I don't care in what area of life, I don't want to do it. I'm just not going to do it, because I don't want to be like them. There is far from what I want to be like. They're the exact opposite. You look at the whole world lies in wickedness, look at Hollywood and that's what the whole world will be like. I don't want my children to want to be like them. I don't want my children to look at them and want to dress like them, want to act like them. I don't want my kids to want to be like the majority. You know, all of these celebrities, look at their lives. In and out of rehab, stinking. They're, they're a bunch of drunks. They're a bunch of drug addicts. They're, they're, they literally live the life, the epitome of losers. It's the epitome of losers. They all die when they're like 40 years old, but that's what we should try to be like. The majority is wrong the majority of the time. But in, in everyone's mind, they want to look at, hey, what's the majority doing? That's what I'm going to do. Far be it from us as Christians to just want to look at the world and be like the world. We want to look at Hollywood and be like these bunch of filthy, and you know, so many of them are, are, are even just reprobates. where they, they have no hope of salvation where they have the darkest souls of anyone that walks on this planet. I want you to turn now, turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. So that's the, you know, that's the lifestyle that they live, that we should try to be as far from as we can. But also, you know, there's the wisdom of the world that we need to stay away from and not allow these things to seep into our lives and, and our children's lives and even think the way that the world thinks. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 speaks of the wisdom of the world. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. Look at, we'll begin reading in verse number 20. It says this, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not, hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? So notice how God hath made foolish, he says, the wisdom of this world. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. So by that wisdom, the wisdom that the world has, that's the reason why they're not saved. They knew not God. Then it says this, It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So notice what the wisdom of this world is. The way that the world thinks, the philosophy of the world. What does it say? It says it's foolishness with God. I want you to turn with me now and go to Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. <clears throat> Romans chapter number 12. <clears throat> Romans chapter number 12. We're going to look there at the beginning of the chapter, verse number 1. Very famous verse, but it's a powerful verse. You think of, you know, how, what, how much effort does it take, honestly, to just go along with what everyone else is doing? That's the easy route, isn't it? The hard route 
is actually standing up and being different. The hard route is actually standing up, thinking differently, acting different, differently, you know, uh, you know, just living our lives, our lifestyle being different. And this is how we should be as Christians. We should be set apart. We should be living different lives. We should not be just going along with the majority. Look at Romans chapter number 12, verse number 1. <clears throat> the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And it says this in verse number 2. <clears throat> And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may be that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I want you to notice, actually, uh, conformed and transformed, those they share the same root word, but the prefix is different, right? So notice it says, and be not conformed to this world. What does it mean to conform to something? That, the, the, the prefix there, co or con like that, that means with. It means that it's being the same. It's saying don't be conformed to this world. It's saying don't be the same as this world. Then he says, but, so it's being contrasted. It says, but be transformed. Now, trans there means to change, right? So it says, but, it's contrasted, it says, but be transformed by, and then it says this, the renewing of your mind. So notice, notice that. I've never heard this pointed out before, but it's in a super important part of that verse. It says, but be transformed, and it says this, by the renewing of your mind. What does that imply, the renewing? Think about that, a change. So where, from the Bible's you know, perspective, and when God looks at you, where does he just assumed that you're standing right now in conformity with the world. Do you notice that? In conformity with the world. Because it says, and be not conformed to the world, but be transformed. So notice that's the change. Saying that right now you're what? You're conformed to the world. He says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then he says, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So us as Christians, we should not be living like the world. We should not be going along with the majority, right? And, and this is a, a very important sermon this morning for the children to understand that we don't want to grow up and be like the world. We don't want to go, grow up and be how the world is, how the world acts, how the world thinks. God desires for us to be different. God desires for us to be to be transformed, to be changed, and not to live like the world. Why? Because the whole world lies in wickedness. Because the whole world lives in wickedness, lives in, in sin. And you look at the things that the world, the way that the world thinks, the philosophy's the exact opposite than the way that the world thinks. The wisdom of this world, nothing changes, my friend. The same exact approach of Paul and John and Jesus still applies today. The way the world thinks, the majority of the time, is going to be wrong. The way that they interpret things, their philosophy, the way that they look at life, their principles, their morals, the majority of the time it is wrong. Most people are wrong. Most people are wrong when you look around at the world. The innate desire, the natural desire in man is to believe that what? The majority are right. And people will look at us, as I said in the beginning of the sermon, and they would say, hey, only a few people believe like you. That means you're wrong. Well, that's because you have a different philosophy than I have because 
the Bible, the book that I actually believe, tells me that the majority are wrong and that the minority are right. If we test that with the world, let's look at it even, let's do it even this way. And it, and, it, and it goes in layers. It always works this way that the majority is wrong the majority of the time. So if we just look at the world itself and we look at how many people are saved, what is it? According to Jesus, the minority, right? Let's, let's look at it with Bible doctrine even. Let's look at it, uh, well, let's, let's do this. Let's take the next step. Let's see how many, how many of, of, the, of you know, the population even claims to believe in Christianity. Not very many, right? It's not the majority, right? It would be the minority. Then, even amongst those that claim to believe in Christianity, that are actually saved and believe the right gospel, is it the majority or the minority? The minority, isn't it? Okay. Let's get into, just let's look at even uh, uh, independent Baptists. When we go, if we were to go to those that are saved, we were to go to each individual church. Look at Bible doctrine. Is the majority right most of the time when it comes to Bible doctrine, or are they wrong most of the time? A lot of times they're wrong the majority of the time. That's this, and this is the philosophy of the Bible. This is the philosophy of the Bible. You know why? Because man in his nature is sinful. Man in his nature is sinful. And what most people do is, most people aren't going to be a Caleb and a Joshua. The majority of people, they don't think and read the Bible for themselves even. Do you know what most people do in all situations? This is just a fact. In almost all situations, the majority of people... Or let's just say this, you know what people do in, in most situations? You know what people do in most situations? They just go along with the majority. In almost every situation, at work, at church, in all situations. You know, whatever they see and think that most people believe, that, why do you think it's going to be so easy for the Antichrist to come on the scene and then, you know, the, the whole world's worshiping him? He obviously does something, you know, to, to, uh, with charisma and he has things like that. But once he starts buying the hearts of masses of people, everybody else will just go along with it. Why? Because we have that warning there to warn us from this philosophy. We're not supposed to follow a multitude to do evil. You know why? Because people just want to go along with the majority. We need to have a different type of mindset. We need to understand that the majority are wrong the majority of the time. The majority is wrong the majority of the time. And don't let that bother you. And let your children understand this. That's in all areas of our life. We shouldn't try to be like the majority because the majority is wrong the majority of the time. We shouldn't act like them. We shouldn't think like them. Right? We should understand that we should have a different philosophy that the majority is wrong the majority of the time. And we should train our children and help them to understand that. That we as Christians, we shouldn't conform to the world. And, and, and what they'll do is they'll, our children will start feeling uncomfortable. You know, and they'll start you know, feeling you know, like they're out of place. And... If we haven't pre-warned them or explained to them and strengthened them, they're just going to go along with what everybody else does. But what we need to explain to our children, what we need to understand ourselves, that the bold thing to do is actually to stand up against the majority. The reason why no one else does it is because they're too scared. That's why. There's a lot of people out there, Christians, that just go along with the world in whatever area of life even though they know that what they are doing is wrong, they just go along with the world. Why? Because it's easy. That's why. 
Because it's easy for them. Because it's, it's easy because they don't want to be put in a place where they're uncomfortable. Maybe they're mocked and they're made fun of. Whatever it may be. Why do people not want to side with the correct doctrine sometimes? Why? Because the majority don't believe that. Why do... Think about this. Why do uh, little girls especially... Why do they, why would they, when they're growing up, they, if they, let's say they were sent to a public school, I've heard of so many different situations like this. Why would they not want to wear, why do you hear stories about this where they don't want to wear dresses every day or skirts every day? Because they want to be like the majority. Because today, the majority wear, of women and, and, and little girls, they wear pants, don't they? They wear shorts. So they wouldn't want to dress you know, in the way in which the Bible commands because why? They just want to go along with the majority. This is a very strong urge for people. And this is very important to understand and to know and to teach your children early that, hey, the majority is wrong the majority of the time. And we as Christians don't want to be like the majority. We don't want to be like them. We want to be like the Bible. We're not trying to just be and go along with what everyone's doing. We're not trying to be like the world and explain to your children, hey, the whole world lies in wickedness. That's why we don't want to be like them. We don't want to dress like them. We don't want to look like them. And, and the majority of things that the majority are doing, it's because of, 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 of some sort of sin that has enticed them and, and drug them towards whatever that is. That's why it's easier also for the majority to go along with it because all of us have that same sinful desire. It takes boldness to stand up against what everybody else is doing. It takes boldness for the kid that maybe goes to the public school to walk through the hallways with a Bible under his arm, doesn't it? Why? Because not everybody's doing that. Would it be that hard at a Christian school where everybody has a Bible? No, it wouldn't, right? Because that's what everybody's doing. But if, if a child was sent to a public school, God forbid, and he, and he you know, wanted to read his Bible and stuff, he wouldn't want to take that out. Why? Because nobody's doing it. The majority aren't doing it. Why would the little girl want to dress? You know, why would she you know, not want to wear a dress? Because the majority aren't doing it. And, and, and it shows how fickle and how shallow the people are because there was a time when the majority of girls wore dresses, even in this country. Right? It's just like with, with Jesus, how one day everybody's shouting Hosanna in the highest, they're blessing and praising Him, and then they're like, crucify Him! They want Him dead, like two days later. just shows... That's, that's why the Bible talks about how favor is deceitful. Jesus had favor the first day. He had popularity right when he showed up. But then, right after that, what are they wanting to do? Kill him. Put him to death. That's why you can't go with the majority. Think about it even like this. People will try to appeal to science today to say, hey, evolution's true. Why? How do you know that? Well, the majority of scientists believe it. Everybody, all, all of, you know, academia believes in evolution. All the scholars believe in evolution. Okay, let's go back 100 years ago, retard. Real good argument. What about 150 years ago? Did the majority believe in evolution then? Right when everybody heard about evolution, did they believe in it then? No. Real good argument. Sounds like it stands up real strong. You can't, that's why you can't appeal to the majority in the first place because sometimes they'll flip... They, well, let me say this. The, the world is like shifting sand all the time. And if you want to jump on the world's train, you're going to be changing your life constantly like them. Back and forth. Their philosophies, the, what they think about things all the time. The Bible is a rock. It's never changing. God's Word, the Lord is never changing. We need to do what God wants us to do and we'll have a stable peaceful, safe life. But you know what? Some, it takes boldness to do that. It takes boldness just to do what God wants us to do. 
You know why? Because the majority aren't doing it. And they never will be. So if you're waiting for a day when the majority is serving God, the majority is doing the things that God, because you're just not strong enough to stand up against the majority, it, that day will never come. If you, want to do, if you want to do what God wants you to do, if you want to serve the Lord, you just need to expect and be ready for the fact that you're going to be, you're going to be maybe mocked, you're going to be maybe ridiculed, you're going to look different. You're supposed to look different. That's why our church is not going to... We're not going to try to make our church like the world. We're supposed to be different. We don't want to be like the world. We're not going to get Brother Elliot up here playing an electric guitar. It's not happening. Even if Brother Elliot wants to... No, I'm just kidding. We're not, it's not happening. We're not setting up strobe lights and stuff like that. That's not what we're doing. Do you know why people want that kind of stuff? Because that's just what goes on just in the majority of life. It's when music, when it comes about with music. That's not popular, you know, just an acoustic guitar anymore. There was a time when, you know, you know maybe in, in our nation where, obviously before electricity, you know. <laughs> but that's not what the majority are doing, right? That's, that's why. They, they, they come in here and they're like, man, this is like the 40s. This is like the 30s in here. We're not trying to be like the world. We're not changing with every little trend and every little fad that you guys have. We're not that, see, people misunderstand that they walk in here and they think like you're going to help, we're gonna, they're going to help us. Let me give you some tips. You know, that's the approach that a lot of people would have. Hey, mate, you know what you need to, you need to do, you need to try to reach out to the young people. Let me tell you how. Do you know why? Because the young people are just thrown about with every little trend and every little fad that Hollywood's putting down their throat because their children are what? They're pliable. They're malleable. That's why. That's why you need to do this to try to reach out to the young people. You know, you guys are behind the times. We're not trying to be with the times. That's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to be like everybody else. I don't care if every single church in Jacksonville has an electric guitar. We're not having one. It's not happening. Not happening. I don't care if every church in Jacksonville has solos up here singing. and It's not happening. We're not doing that. It doesn't matter to me. We're going to sing hymns. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We're going to do things the way the Bible does things. In whatever area of life. You know, I don't care what fashion style that pastors are doing. You know, I'm not dressing like those guys. I'm not wearing jeans and, and you know, getting up here with you know, skinny jeans on and things like that. It's not happening. And then, you know what that show, when I look at those pastors, you know what they look like to me, honestly? You look weak. I'm serious. Because you're just going along for them. Because you can't stand up and just be a real man. And just do what you... you know, just, just stand up on your own two feet. Stop being tossed to and fro with whatever the world's doing. Trying to be like the world. Trying to be like everybody else. That's what happens is slowly it creeps in. And then, all, then before you know it, the majority of pastors are doing it. Right? Because it's the new fad that's, that's creeping in. And one pastor sees another pastor do it. And they're like, well, I should do that too. Just stand up on your own two feet. Have boldness. Don't just go along with what everybody's doing. Every little fad, every little trend, whatever it may be, right? We need to, we need to not be like the majority. We need to not allow just the world and their, their things just to influence our, our thinking. Don't buy into this philosophy that the majority is right and that you should just be like the majority. The majority is wrong the majority of the time. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, dear Lord, for uh, 